1: bottle down I guess as time goes on I'll grow to miss it less than I will now It is 11 a.m. on a recovery-style Thursday. It's still a little damp outside, but nonetheless, we're doing good. I hope you are as well after the uh, storms passed through the area yesterday. I want to say there was 14 tornadoes in the entire state of Alabama yesterday, so I hope you were not caught up in any of them. And if you were, that uh, you and yours are safe and and your property as well because uh, I saw the shingle situation down in Mountville and and, uh, that's less than ideal. Uh, I know that's that's an expense you just don't want to have to fork out in the middle of the spring, but nonetheless, we're here and we're doing good. Talking Alabama Crimson Tide sports, the NFL free agency, NCAA tourney, all of it. We got it all, and it's all brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier, right there in the uh, as as you're heading into Northport on McFarland Boulevard. And uh, not too long ago, you know. Me and, me and Travis were talking about the chocolate-covered Peeps. Easter's just around the corner. It's uh, actually the weekend before my birthday. I've always wondered if Easter would ever fall on my birthday. It came close this year. Not quite, but uh, if, if the Peeps are your thing, they got them covered in chocolate, dipped in chocolate at the Peterbrook chocolatier. Chocolatier. What's your take on Peeps, JR? I was just
2: going to say you're not holy enough for Easter to fall on your birthday, just saying.
1: Uh, that's probably the case. I mean, I love you, but... <laughs> that's probably the case. Uh, nonetheless, I am joined today by uh our our intern who's w- with me on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It is JR Moore and together we will form today the backup 60-minute men. Woo! JR I assume you're doing well after the storms yesterday, but how is uh you know, how are you doing after that and also how is the NFL free agency treating your Ravens? I I I feel like I should keep up but I, I, I'm just excited about all the guys that are leaving your team.
2: Yeah, I, I'm sure you are. Um, yesterday was kind of fun. I live on the first floor of my apartment that's uh, really close to DCH, so I wasn't too scared. We came up to the station for a couple hours last night before it started to get bad, and they eventually canceled the all the, uh, all the alerts. So uh, I wasn't too worried. I fell asleep on time,
0: so
2: <laughs> I was all right. But uh, the Ravens, though, uh, I, I'm excited. We got... Some more offensive line, especially after it looks like uh, one of our offensive linemen is going to push his way out of Baltimore. Uh, that doesn't make me super angry. He wants to play a spot that he wants to play, you know? Yeah. Same spot that his dad played in Baltimore. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I can sense the disrespect he feels. So
1: Well, it's just unfortunate timing. I mean, you, you, got, you got Ronnie Stanley first, and Stanley gets hurt. And we paid him first. Yeah, you paid him first. And, was, and why wouldn't you? He's a top-five left tackle in the NFL. As much as I hate to say it, I always gotta respect what you guys do in Baltimore. Uh, and you know, you're you're actually a Maryland native, so you you have a little bit more credence over your team maybe than I do uh, with my Steelers. But nonetheless, uh, as much as I hate you guys, I respect you. So we'll see what happens with Orlando Brown. He might be headed to Travis Ryers Jaguars, according to a rumor that I saw. Uh, don't I? I I don't remember uh, what the uh, compensation was for that one, but nonetheless, uh, that would mean that Cam Robinson would be on his way out to tie it back to the Crimson Tide, because uh, there's no way he's moving to right tackle either. I'm looking around the league for uh, teams
2: that have a quarterback that they're trying to protect. They're not going to do anything else about the quarterback, so there's only about 10 teams that I think that he would be happy going to. Um and I haven't looked at the Dolphins situation either. Um, I would like him to go to the Dolphins, but I don't know what they have on their left side. So I could just be making up stuff out well, of nowhere. They, they
1: spent an 18th overall pick on their left tackle last year, so they absolutely got, they there got to go. give him a chance. Uh, I wonder about Arizona, a team that's making a lot of moves right now. I don't know what their left tackle situation is, but they've they're or revamping. Or they have money for it. Or yeah, or if they have the money for it, but nonetheless, uh, you know, you played with Lamar Jackson, you can play with Kyler Murray. I know they're the cardinals offense is a little bit more up tempo but they're running around with two 38-year-old wide receivers too so i mean they th- they should be fine i think that would be a, an interesting landing spot for for the uh the son of zeus orlando brown uh so really kind of the biggest news so far today while there have been some uh some interesting signings So you get patrick peterson going to the vikings uh juju smith schuster uh, is seems to be now between the New York Jets and going back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. His market hasn't exactly been what he had hoped. Uh, Curtis Samuel signs a four-year $33 million deal or a $34 million deal with the uh, Washington football team, who I am just ready to, to have a name, by the way. I, I can't read WFT too many times on Twitter.
2: Apparently, uh, they are supposed to play this season with this um, WTF name that is very WFT. close. WFT. No, it's WTF. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's very close to profanity. Um, it, they are supposed to play out the season with it, and
1: they are going to change it after.
2: It's my best understanding.
1: Yeah, I've I've heard that one, too. And uh, I I, it doesn't take that long to rebrand, guys. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. Joe Will, uh, Ogletree, I know. Man, you you guys you, you got to get on top of your of your team here.
2: Like when they made a new NHL team, the Seattle Kraken, we only knew that they would have that team for like eight months or something, and then they had a new name.
1: Like that's they just made a well, new name. I mean, new franchise and rebranding are slightly different, but yeah, it, but they still, have to pick does, a new name at some point, right? It doesn't take that long, it, you, no matter what way you look at it. There's been plenty of ideas thrown out there. You don't have to change your color scheme. Like, You're not
2: going to find new words to call them. Just yeah, pick one. Just like, pick one.
1: It, it's not that hard. You know, there, there's there's 130 college te- football teams or college athletic programs that all have names. If there was something cooler, we would have found it by now. Right. Well, I mean, nobody had found Kraken until this year. That that's a pretty killer name, to be honest. That's fire. Uh, but really, the biggest news uh, of the day outside of some vet free agency signings are, uh, the D- Watson is being accused of, uh, sexually assaulting a massage therapist in December, 2020. Uh, he faces two civil suits filed by masseuses overall. Um, or excuse me, this one is added on to create a third. So he now has three civil case files against his name, uh, all within the past week. And, you know, a lot of people want to say, well, this is Houston just trying to make him look bad. Uh, I don't know why Houston would want to make him look bad. If they don't want to trade him, then they want him there. Uh, and if they, were tra- if they did make him look bad, then that would drive down his trade value. Um, now, listen. You don't know what anybody does in their own time. So these are accusations that should be taken seriously. Uh, and for me to immediately discredit them, Probably not a great idea. Uh, But we also do have a good idea of who Deshaun Watson is based off of past histories. The best thing to do for anybody that's sitting in front of one of these here, this, this microphone and for anybody that would potentially call a radio show is to let it play out is to let it play out. You want to talk about where he's going to play football next year? That's fine. Cause uh, I, odds are, he will be playing football next year uh, unless he decides to sit out with the Houston Texans. Uh, but just let that play out. Because I promise you, as a fan of a team with a quarterback who went through this and appeared really guilty in one of them, uh, you know, was never charged or convicted of anything, but everybody kind of has an idea. You know, you just kind of got to let it play out. And, you know, if, if he did wrong, he did wrong. Condemn it for it. Uh, and if he didn't let's leave the man alone and let, let, you know, cease with the nonsense, but let it play out first. Uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide set to take on Iona this weekend to start off the NCAA tournament. JR. I want to talk some brackets today. Uh, I I filled out my bracket. I have since had to change it because I made a really dumb decision getting too behind my Cinderella. I sent my number 12 seeded Oregon state beavers all the way to the final four, which involved beating Illinois. And I have since rescinded that, that thought and, uh, had Illinois instead crush the beavers and punch their own ticket to the national championship. Uh, I still have Alabama winning because I'm a Homer and it is what it is. I do think they have a real good shot of winning it though. So I don't think it's that much of a Homer pick. Uh, but nonetheless i, I do want to talk some brackets today i w- would love to hear from you guys the listeners as well 205-342-9904 is the peter brook peter brook chocolatier hotline you can call in tell us how you your bracket is kind of filled out you've only got a few more days uh, before they're going to be put to use and they're probably going to get busted this weekend uh so you know now's the time to lay down what you know Who's the Cinderella you've got going the furthest? Who's, who do you have winning the whole thing? Uh who is Alabama beating in the Elite Eight? I heard uh, you know, Jeff Spiegel say that Alabama would lose to Florida State in the Elite Eight. And I I I feel like many other Alabama fans do, and that's Alabama is destined to play Michigan. So, JR, what what are some interesting things you've got going on in your bracket, man?
2: I think if somebody beats Alabama out of our uh our region it would be Texas, um I see Michigan getting up there, too, possibly, but I don't see them getting past their little gauntlet. Um, Texas will get to face us before we leave this region, though, Right. with of Smart, and they turned it on. Um, yeah, I'm not super excited to play Texas if we have to. <laughs> uh, another game, well, all four games are pretty, pretty interesting today uh, if you want to take a look at them. It's Texas Southern, Mount St. Mary's. I actually grew up about 15 minutes from Mount St. Mary's campus. Uh, that's where we had our high school graduation. Drake... Wichita State, we have Appalachian State, Norfolk State, and then UCLA, Michigan State, two absolute blue bloods in college basketball. UCLA, Michigan State, UCLA, uh, the winningest program in college basketball history. Um, that that will be a great game, and that is a game that I have not even picked on my bracket yet. UCLA, Michigan State, I, I have no idea what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I, I know uh, Michigan State was one of those teams that uh, as as the brackets were being revealed, Jay Billis was, was really fired up that they weren't an automatic or, or at least weren't part of the 64 team field. Uh, one matchup I do want to ask you about, because it's from your neck of the woods, uh, the Terrapins from Maryland taking on Yukon. Uh, there are some Alabama fans have some, some reservations about playing the Huskies. Uh, but what, what, are, what are the Terrapins looking like? And, uh, you know, how, how should Alabama feel, fans feel in that second round, regardless of who they got to play?
2: Um, personally, I would be more afraid to play the Terrapins. I guess that, I mean, that might just be because I grew up near the school. But, right, man, their their offensive efficiency is, is higher than UConn's. They played better talent than UConn's. Um, they play in the Big Ten, so that means that they play Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois. All twice a year. All right. of these teams are in the top 25. Um, if we're going with somebody who I would rather not face, it would be Maryland, especially because they're traditionally a basketball school.
1: Yeah, well, and, and UConn, obviously, a traditional women's basketball school. But nonetheless, that that program has kind of seen a weird situation because they're no longer in the American Conference, formerly the Big East Conference. Uh, I, I don't know what, what their situation is now because uh, their football team is an independent, period. Uh, but I mean that, that, that does change the the procession, everything, you know, as, as far as Alabama goes, you know, maybe the sec wasn't as good as it normally is, uh, with, with Kentucky having a down year, but nonetheless, Alabama still had to play these incredibly good teams, uh, and, and, you know, got, got a few blowouts against some really good teams. You know, they blew out LSU and blew out Michigan state or Michigan state, Mississippi state, uh, you know, had those opportunities, but also got to learn and grow by playing LSU closely a few times, by playing Tennessee closely, by uh losing to Arkansas, those sorts of things that can that can really shape yourself as a team. But Maryland has to go through a similar situation, and though they're not as highly seeded, playing in the Big Ten, which is I mean basketball haven this year. I, what was it? Nine Big Ten teams made the tournament this year. Uh, I believe that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. that's pretty ridiculous when you think about it uh and and illinois and ohio state michigan like those those are the three uh the big names this year uh all all of which you know have a legitimate shot of going to the national championship and winning it all so you got to watch out for these big 10 teams
2: you just talked about michigan um i want to loop it back to that michigan state ucla game that's happening today michigan state just beat michigan like last week, Michigan yeah. is the number two team yeah. in the country. If you are not going to watch any sports games today, or if you're going to pick
1: one, make it UCLA-Michigan State. That is a great game. Well, I'll be sure to do that. But I I was shocked that because Michigan State beat Michigan, that not only that Michigan State did not get into the field of 64, but also that that didn't allow Alabama to get that one seed. Because I mean, maybe had Alabama gotten the opportunity to play Arkansas in the SEC championship instead – that may have helped. I don't know how much. I mean, I've heard plenty of analysts, including Jay Billis, say, "Well, they were a two seed. There was nothing that they could do about it." Uh, but I mean, for 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 a, a Michigan team to lose to Michigan State is is very highly questionable. And including those big t- Big Ten teams, we haven't even mentioned Iowa, who I think is a is a serious powerhouse. Uh, you know, they've got one of the the best players in the entire country on their squad as well, and is a big man that you know. If Alabama had to square up with Herb Jones, can can guard one through five? But can he guard a true center? Luca Garza could be a lottery pick, and a lot of people are arguing that he yeah. already is going to be a lottery pick this year. So there's plenty to look into. Uh, you can definitely give the show a call, 205 342 9904 on the Peter Brook Chocolatier Hotline, and uh, join us in the conversation on the NCAA tournament. We'll uh, keep up with what's happening in the NFL in free agency, maybe talk a little NFL draft. You know, I don't I don't guest host this show and not talk about the NFL draft. It's, it could be the middle of September. Uh, where We're probably going to talk about the NFL draft. Nonetheless, my name is Jacob Harrison, filling in for the one and only Travis Ryer, and that's J.R. Moore uh, filling in for me producing the show. We'll be right back here on Southern Fried Sports on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. From the
3: University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by SunSouth John Deere, the preferred tractor equipment for Alabama athletics. Visit sunsouth.com or any of their 21 locations across the southeast. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama men's basketball held media day on Wednesday in preparation for the NCAA tournament. Head coach Nate Oates discussed what's ahead this week for the Crimson Tide.
0: You know, I had a chance to watch quite a few Iona games. They're uh, they're good.
1: I mean, talk about winning in March with you know experienced guard play. They got two fifth year seniors. They're both really good, starting at the one and two. They've got a freshman big that's got SEC size and he's gotten significantly better throughout the course of the year. And then obviously the coach by Rick Pitino is going to do a
0: great job. He's one of the shooting Hall of Fame coach, one of the best coaches in the history of the game. So,
3: I'll have
1: more in a moment. Have you priced a new John Deere tractor lately? SunSouth John Deere has a full line of affordable lawn and tractor equipment this season. SunSouth John Deere has an affordable roster for everyone, from riding mowers to utility vehicles and lots of tractors. Stop by any of the 21 locations across Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia, or visit sunsouth.com to find out what is right for you. Any budget, any project, SunSouth has you covered. Proud to be the preferred tractor equipment dealer of the Alabama Crimson Tide.
3: Join us Thursday afternoon for Crimson Drive, presented by Regions Bank on the CTSN Facebook page. Streaming live at 2 p.m. Central, we'll have conversations with Crimson Tide basketball players, Herbert Jones and Alex Reese, plus comments from Nate Oates and Greg Byrne. That's Crimson Drive, presented by Regions Bank, this afternoon at 2 p.m. Central on the CTSN Facebook page. And that's your Bama update, Crimson Tide Today, brought to you by Sun South John Deere. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports the sky will stay mostly
0: cloudy this afternoon. The high today, 64. For tonight and tomorrow, occasionally cloudy and cool. Tonight's low, 45. The high tomorrow, 60. And on Saturday, a brighter day, the sky partly to mostly sunny. The high, 63. I'm James on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Good!
1: Plenty going on in the NFL when it comes to free agency. And uh, a guy that that needs his team to pick up a wide receiver at some point this offseason is you, J.R. Moore. And uh, this wide receiver market is not going well at all. I'm Jacob Harrison. This is Southern Fried Sports. We're filling in for Travis Ryer. Got J.R. Moore producing the show. And, uh, J.R. Moore's Ravens need a wide receiver, but nonetheless, uh, you know, it doesn't appear like they've, they've really taken into the idea of getting Juju Smith Schuster. Corey, Corey, Davis already signed with the jets. Uh, Schuster expected to either go with the jets or the, or go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, uh, Chris Godwin resigns his tender, uh, his franchise tag. For 15.9 million dollars and so far he's the highest paid wide receiver in this market so far this year uh Kenny Galladay has not signed he's visiting the Giants today uh and and is expected to get looks from other teams including the Miami Dolphins uh Curtis Samuel goes back to Washington to play with his his good friend Terry McLaurin for the football team. So nonetheless, I mean, you know, something's got to give in this wide receiver market and, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a bummer because I've been so happy for all of the guys, including Mike Hilton, who goes to the Bengals, all the guys from my Steelers to, to go out and sign these big, massive contracts. Bud Dupree got the best edge rusher contract, which was amazing. I, you know, I'm just, I'm happy for those guys, but nonetheless, Juju Smith Schuster, uh, you know, I don't think he's a true number one. I think he can be your number one and catch 90 balls for 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns, uh, but he's not an imposing fear type of number one like I feel like Kenny Galladay is, and maybe Juju wasn't aware of that. You think? I feel like it's possible he can. I mean, you're just going
2: to take this to shade, and I believe it. But um, <laughs> I think it's possible for him to be a number one in Detroit or one of the teams in L.A. or like It's, it's possible he could be a number one but it depends on where he's going.
1: Right. Like there can't the you're not going to be a number 1 on a team that has two very solid number 2s. I don't think.
2: Like I don't think he's going to go to Atlanta and beat out Julio. Like Well, no, <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: Well, I mean, you're not going just cuz he's younger and faster. Right. No, he's not I Julio's not even the number 1 in Atlanta by the way. It's Calvin Ridley. Uh but nonetheless, I mean, I obviously you're not going to go to a place that has a, a solidified number 1 and take over. Uh, I don't think that's what Juju wants to do either. I think Juju wants to prove that he is a number one because even with ninety one catches last year and a thousand yards and ten touchdowns, even me, I still don't I'm not sure if he's the number one. But it's a I, passing offense. Like you have to account for that, man. Right. It's a passing offense. And he averaged like eight yards a a catch last year. Now look, that had a lot to do with the scheme, but nonetheless, uh, we still haven't we haven't seen ninety nine yard touchdown Juju in a minute. Uh, we have not seen the speed and athleticism of Juju. We've seen some aggression. We, we've continued to see him, you know, be a powerful runner. Uh, after the catch, we've seen him be a good blocker and all that sort of stuff. But nonetheless, never haven't seen him act like a number one wide receiver. So that's very concerning. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit, though. Uh, with AJ Green heading over to Arizona, that's a weird situation in and of itself. But as, as this market continues to shrink, uh, do you think your Ravens can pull on Kenny Galladay, or is it this going to be one of those situations where they're not going to have an opportunity? They're going to have to wait till the draft.
2: Um, I would rather not rely on the draft. Uh, we've had this conversation before off air. I, I just don't think that the Ravens are very good at uh, producing talent or like uh, get. Taking care of the talent that they do draft uh, and developing it. That was the word I was looking for. At Uh, wide receiver. Especially at (laughs) skill positions, specifically at wide receiver, i.e., wide receiver. Yeah. um, That's like the uh, main problem for us. So I'd rather not address that problem in the draft. I'd rather try to go address that by trying to go get Kenny Galladay. But I would also like a million
1: (laughs) dollars. Right. I mean, we've really gotten no indication on what Kenny Galladay wants to do. And I've seen fans of every team asking for Kenny Galladay. He was injured most of the year last year, uh, but when he's been on the field, he has been incredibly dynamic. Uh there you know, there's still gonna be some question about whether or not he's a true number one wide receiver too. But nonetheless, I mean if you need one, you need Kenny Galladay. He can be the guy that- Oh, he's definitely still has to be Baltimore's top target target oh, right now has ab- to be absolutely Miami too and Miami, you know, they go out and they get Robert Foster. They've, they've made some improvements across the offensive line. Uh, they may, I, they, they bring in the running back out of Los Angeles. Uh, Malcolm Brown, I think his name is, is, is Brown. Uh, who ended up taking Philip Lindsay yesterday? Or was it wasn't the Dolphins. Oh, he closer? just, he just got released this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. So, so Phillip Lindsay's still out there. That would be a good destination for him is Miami too. uh, get some speed on that offense, but you know, Tua's getting some help down there. Robert Foster gets that one last chance. I think, I think it's his one last chance. Could be wrong. Uh, kind of inexplicable not to get on the field last year with Washington, but nonetheless, if you needed a similar situation for the opportunity to get back on the field, Miami's it for Robert Foster.
2: Yeah. They didn't really have a really solid number two or number three receiver. They had Scary Terry. And then he got hurt for a lot of time, about like three or four games, right? Last year. Um, so, yeah, he had the opportunity to come in, and uh, he just didn't get on the field that much.
1: Didn't help that the quarterback situation in Washington was really wild up until the playoffs, you know, or until Alex Smith took over, and they didn't even want him to do that. But he takes over and gets him into the playoffs, and then Tyler Haneke does his thing in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, that that team looks like they're on the up-and-up too, by the way, is the Washington football team. They I think they've made some good moves. I like the Curtis Samuel uh, move there. They they do need to figure out what exactly the plan is at quarterback. Uh they, they go get Ryan Fitzpatrick. That'll be interesting. That means that no matter what, Ryan Fitzpatrick will start games next year because that always happens. Uh bizarre that he has spent eighteen years in the league. Uh you know those those first few weeks when you saw him fill in for Carson Palmer in Cincinnati. God, he was terrible. Uh, he was awful. I, I could, cannot believe all these years later uh, he's still in the NFL nonetheless uh, plenty plenty going on so JR moving back to the uh, NCAA tournaments and the brackets and uh, look here, in my elite eight I have got all number one seeds making it Gonzaga Michigan Baylor of and course Illinois you uh, it, it's it it's kind of it's the odds though right uh, which I feel like it it, it it lulls you into that though it makes you think that's the odds when the best teams never win this thing you still have to take the precaution while you're 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 gambling on what this bracket is whether you're actually gambling or not by taking the odds of taking the better team right
2: well while we're busy talking about taking the odds you know 41% of one number 1 seeds make it to the final 4 not two of them 49? one of them <laughs> wow one of them
1: so you're saying I need to fix this thing.
2: I mean, I'm saying if you put all four number one seeds in the final four, you're at least going to get one of them right.
1: <laughs> like, right. <laughs> but, but, but if you only put one, your odds of getting one of them right goes down yeah, drastically. And so about half technically half your bracket is odds. Yeah. Mess. So you have to look
2: at the final four teams to so at least the number one seeds and look and say who is not making it to the final four this year. You have to go look at their injuries. You have to go look at how they play a neutral site. You have to go look at their adjusted performance because not all of them I guarantee you will not ne- will make the final four I guarantee it Not of uh four.
1: who who's your your least favorite number one to make it to the elite 8 or the final four whichever one you want to go with is it Michigan I feel like it's Michigan
2: Gonzaga uh I have Gonzaga losing in the sweet 16 actually to Virginia uh I think Virginia can just slow him down Virginia plays in the ACC uh they've played Georgia Tech twice this year Georgia Tech is a crazy team um in 2021 and I'm going to go with that old adage where Gonzaga hasn't played anybody, Paul.
1: Yeah, that, that's how I feel about Gonzaga, but I did get him to the elite eight before Iowa took him out. Uh, like I said, Michigan, uh, there, there's people that think that, that Florida State is the team that could take them out, uh, but I, I just I, I saw no path of, of resistance for Illinois, really. Uh, I'm not a believer. It, you know, I had the Oregon State thing going, which was funny more or less. Uh, that was just my my Cinderella that I was gonna stick with, so that I didn't have four number ones. Uh, but I, I I quickly realized the error of my ways. But that entire bracket, uh, I I like Oregon State. Don't get me wrong, but they're just gonna run into Illinois too quickly. Uh, Syracuse, West Virginia, Rutgers, and Houston. Uh, I I just I mean, not that I'm some aficionado, I just don't see how any of those teams are gonna get by this Illinois team that is on absolute fire right now. Right? I mean, you. you so I feel like Illinois is possibly the safest number one that you can ask for. Uh, Baylor is up there too. Uh, Texas Tech and Ohio State in the same bracket as them does make that a little bit more difficult though, right?
2: Absolutely, and uh, I wanted to like divert your attention to this game. It's in the same region and it's an SEC game. Uh, number five, Tennessee versus Oregon State. Um, you, had, you had already mentioned Oregon State. It's the round of 64, so it will be happening happening not today or tomorrow, but on Saturday and Sunday. Mm. Um, because whoever comes out of that will probably have to play Oklahoma State, uh, the number four yep. seed. Um a downward State. trend. Yes, yes. And Oregon State just won their conference title. Yeah. So that Tennessee Oregon State game is a is a hard pick for me right now.
1: That's why I felt so strongly about Oregon State. Like uh, I, I mean, I realized the error of my ways simply because of the Illinois factor uh, in, ma- in making them my Cinderella. I think they're still my Cinderella overall. Uh, it's just they're not going to get past Illinois, but I feel like they can beat Tennessee because they're on such an upward trajectory, having one have really, I mean, buzzsawed through the Pac-12 championship, took, took down a good Colorado team to win that thing uh you know the entire of the game day ca- cast picked against oregon state in that despite them being on the upward trend uh in colorado colorado got it handed to them And tennessee they played very very strong against both florida and alabama and that in spite of the fact of losing uh the the kid with the facial fractures thanks to omar Payne, uh, uh fulkerson i think his name is Um, you know, they lose him and they still, they still managed to play really, really well, had an opportunity against Alabama and just fell short. Uh, but I just, I like Oregon state's trajectory against Tennessee. Uh, and then, you know, we mentioned it with Oklahoma state too. That's a situation where they're on a downward trend, even though they're ranked highly, uh, they they have not been playing their best basketball either. So, uh, well now my bracket doesn't want to work, but nonetheless, I mean, that, that's kind of where I was coming from with the Oregon state thing. So when, when Oregon state and Tennessee play, which is a game I'm, I'm going to make sure to watch. Uh, I, I feel very strongly about Oregon state in that one.
2: And then that matchup that would, that would most likely come right after would be Oregon state, Oklahoma state. I have this game matched up right here on my phone. It shows that Oregon state is going to have a better free throw percentage. That's something I tend to look at in the round of elite eight or final four. Um, that will matter down the line. in the end of games As same thing with coaching experience. Like, Honestly, if Nate Oats was going against Rick Patino in the Final Four, I would I might give it to Rick Patino just because he's been there more often. Just saying. Um, this will also also show you this app uh, that Oklahoma State has a better true shooting percentage and strength of schedule and net ranking. So, uh, Oregon State, Oklahoma State is going to be a great game.
1: It, I think it is too, and you know I, I mentioned uh, how strong the Big Ten is. You can't can't overlook the Big Twelve either. Uh, In my elite eight, the way that I have it picked out, and we did make fun of me having all number ones. uh, I do. I have three teams from the Big Ten and three teams from from the Big Twelve in the elite eight. So I mean, six of the eight teams coming from one conference. I did have Gonzaga up there. I just didn't have anybody really compete with them. And then, uh, and then Alabama, of course. Uh, We'll we'll come back. We'll talk about Alabama's defense and why that's going to be important. Uh, We'll continue to keep an eye on what's going on in NFL free agency. And, uh, like I said, we're, we're probably gonna talk about the NFL draft at some point and it'll probably involve Mac Jones. Uh, nonetheless, I am Jacob Harrison filling in for Travis Ryder. That's J.R. Moore filling in for me, producing the show. This is Southern fried sports on tide. 100.9, the home of Alabama, crimson tide sports. Y'all didn't know a Yankee could pull that out of his hat, did you? All right. Toby Keith can come from anywhere. <laughs> I love Toby Keith. <laughs> tell him. So we, we got to have we got to have a fluid opinion of Yankees. I, there, there's good ones. I, even when they're Ravens fans, there's good ones out there. Probably. Um, I will tell you, ants. I'm not like a like a full full blooded
2: Yankee. My mom's from Arkansas. My dad's from Missouri. Right. My mom went to the University of Arkansas. I spent the majority of my summers in Arkansas. So I know how it is down here.
1: Right. I do like country music. Right. I'm just saying. But y- you know none of that matters, though, right? Absolutely. You- you Absolutely. Came from I went Maryland. to a public school in Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> you came from Maryland and you live down here now to go to the university. Like that that that's all that matters, right? Speaking of all that matters, it is tourney season. It's bracket season. We're coming out with all these sorts of brackets, right? Uh did anybody I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure y'all saw this this awful, 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 awful best SEC QB ever bracket. Did you did you you saw this one right? I about got to do a fight on Twitter. I mean, I mean, I I did see that by the way. Uh and and here's the thing: this thing is awful, right? Like it's poorly photoshopped. Uh Tua Tonga Valoa's name is misspelled on it. Um. AJ McCarron's shirtless. Yeah, he 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 just wanted to use a shirtless photo of AJ McCarron to make fun of his tattoos. Which, I mean, who doesn't want to make fun of AJ McCarron's tattoos? Don't get me wrong, but like, come on. I mean, the- who also
2: wants to be an, a millionaire? Like, right? AJ like, McCarron. What,
1: what's the what's the what's the problem here? Uh, none, he very inconsistent on using new or excuse me, uh, uh, more modern players compared to to some some '90s players. And, and even before that, uh, I know that's the spat that you got into was about whether or not Joe Namath should even be on the list. Uh, despite his stats being terrible, he did win a lot of games. So what I did yesterday as I was listening to James Spann to make sure uh, you know that the tornado was going to leave me alone in the middle of the city in Tuscaloosa, uh, I put together a field of 60 quarterbacks and created a bracket of my own. And uh, I got a little help from from Mason Woods, uh, the intern that's in with me on this show on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We got the field to 60. We tiered the players out, randomized the tiers, all except for the top tier. The top tier was Tim Tebow, uh, Joe Burrow, Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel. Those are the number one seeds, the one through four seeds, however you want to say it. Uh, and then we tiered them out kind of overlooked them a little bit uh, and then randomized the players within those tiers and built a seat a a, a a field of 60 quarterbacks all time in the sec. So I mean, Alabama's got like eight quarterbacks on this thing. LSU's got seven or eight. So, you know, we've got, we've got some variety in here, right? And with Missouri and Texas AM, and you only got the quarterbacks that actually played in the sec. So you only got Johnny Menzel and drew lock from Missouri and from uh, from Texas A&M. So, I mean, it's fair. I feel like, uh, if I missed a quarterback, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of one sec team and I'm 26 years old, almost 27. I haven't seen most of these guys play. Nonetheless, I, I, you know, I scoured and put together a list of 60 quarterbacks and that should, that should tell you enough that there's only eight quarterbacks from Alabama and only about seven or eight from LSU. That should tell you that this not overwhelmingly filled with just modern guys. Uh, So be on the lookout for that on side 109.com. I'm going to post that a little bit later today. uh, And we'll, we'll, we'll actually go through the bracket through my Twitter account at Jay Harrison OTE. So we're going to have some fun with that and we're going to do a good bracket because this thing is terrible. Uh, We don't need all this dumb Photoshop that didn't work. We're not, no, we're not doing that. We're going to have a good legitimate bracket of the all time of the, the greatest SEC quarterback. And then he got himself time. suspended from Twitter. Oh, did he? I, yeah, I, I for like swore like a day. I saw him with another, with another bracket this morning. I'm like, I'm I'm only doing one bracket. I'm only doing one. I, I can only come in to save the day one time. So I said that we were going to talk about Alabama's defense as it pertains to the NCAA tournament. Uh, now, as I've said before, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a budding college basketball fan. Uh, and this basketball team here in Tuscaloosa has a great deal to do with it. But nonetheless, you know good defense when you see it, and Alabama plays insanely good defense. But Jr., I know you have have a better pulse on the rest of the nation. So when it comes to to Alabama's defense, uh, you know we, we can all sit here and say, well, if John Petty gets hot from three and he can stay hot throughout the entire month, then that's it. Well, no, nope, obviously, you know if if John Petty's hot, this team is unstoppable. Every commentator, every analyst will say that. The problem is, is that. That's usually not the case. We've seen John Petty get ridiculously hot maybe three or four times this year, right? Uh, and, and that's in stretches uh, of games. But nonetheless, when it comes down to it, the reason Alabama won the SEC championship tournament came down to their defense, I believe. Uh, while they did make plays offensively, don't get me wrong, I'm not discrediting what they've done there, uh, the defense is what, what kind of came through. Do you think that Alabama's defense is among the elite within this field of 64 and that that's what what if anything that's what's going to carry them deep into this thing
2: i'm going to agree with you i'm going to uh just add to it
1: and say it was defense
2: and their adjustments um their ability to realize like okay let's shoot 15 threes in the first five minutes and oh only three of them make it so let's adjust uh this is where i usually get into that um attack those those gumps that like to say live by the three and die by the three because when we quote die by the three, we start living by other parts on the court. Yeah, um, especially our defense, which you wanted me to get back to. Uh, we do have a top five defense in the country, um, a defense which most people, when talking about the uh, the tournament March Madness on ESPN, is saying that is going to keep us in longer than we really need to. That defense will keep us in longer.
1: Well, I I get the impression, and I've I've been keeping up with who wins this thing and kind of what what's the deciding factor. And when I look back on like Texas tech and I look back on Virginia, those were insanely good defenses and those weren't the top seeded teams. Now, look, I mean, Alabama's a number two seed. Uh, you know, Virginia got bounced as a number one seed, came back the next year and won the whole thing. And a lot of it had to do with defense. So I'm thinking, I, you know, I don't know who else in this field has a great defense yet. I'll have a better idea as we get further into the tourney and I've seen more teams play it's just the best opportunity to play the to, to see these teams play uh, against excellent competition, um, I feel. But to to get an idea of what the, the the field is gonna look like defensively, I'm not sure if there's you know, if there is anybody that can hang with this team defensively, but you know, Alabama at the very least, I feel like has their greatest opportunities come from having great defense. And for a lot of people, you know, that that's that's a difficult thing to to, to grasp because we've lost games and and things haven't bounced uh the Crimson Tide's way but you know for those that that have weary thoughts that think that this team isn't going to make it far uh for whatever reason i say just turn back to the defense there's three there's three points to this off, to this team overall that that have helped it get to the point it is and it's all it all comes kind of down to what jr said about adjusting um but this team attacks the rim while keeping a focus on the threes uh, if it, And I, I mentioned this on my show, Off the Edge, on Monday. The winning shot for Alabama against LSU was a Euro step. It was not a three-pointer. LSU went for the three-pointer and lost. So I mean, Alabama can get things done in different ways. I, the three-point shot has not been there for Alabama for the past month. I, they've really struggled from three for the past month, guys, and they just won a tournament.
2: I'm going to completely agree with you there. Um, I'm not going to try to derail you too much. I, w- I wanted to look up the uh, NCAA basketball team defensive efficiency. And it looks like, if I did my math right, there's only five teams that are in the tournament that have a better defensive efficiency uh, than the University of Alabama. I think that's going to be Houston, Loyola, Chicago. Um, they didn't make it. They didn't make it. Uh, Utah State, San Diego State, Tennessee, uh, Winthrop, and Gonzaga. So
1: that's seven. There's seven teams. So one team that's ranked e- even above a five seed. And that's yes. Gonzaga, who didn't mm-hmm. play anybody, as you said. Yeah, the highest rated <laughs> team
2: um, that's going to be... Oh, Houston is in the uh, top two three. Seed. They yeah. are a two seed. Yeah. Uh, they are top three in division, uh, defensive efficiency. Well, again,
1: uh, I did catch their game for the American Conference Tournament. And they pounded Cincinnati by 30. Now, I, I don't know if that what that says about Cincinnati or what that says about Houston. Because I don't know much about American basketball, and I'm sure everybody listening doesn't know much either, uh, or at least most people. But nonetheless, I mean, you know, it's hard to gauge with those teams because of the conferences they played in. And those are the only teams that are, like, seated in line with Alabama who played in the SEC. Not, not this isn't football SEC. We've acknowledged the Big Ten the Big 12 better basketball conferences, but nonetheless, the SEC is still great, right? <laughs> uh,
2: I'm going to agree with you there, too. Um, the ace, well... The... The league that you were just talking about, American, Red, yeah. yeah, the American. I forget those, those tiny little leagues, those group of five leagues. Um, UConn was just in that league. Um, they had not been doing well over the past five years, men's for men's basketball. Yeah. Um. So if, it, if that tells you anything, that probably tells you that the Americans a pretty tough conference.
1: Well, the American conference is the 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 peak of the group of five conferences. Like if they were gonna if they were gonna make it a power five conference, if they were gonna make it power six conferences. The American Conference would be the first one to go in.
2: I would argue that it would be the Big East with Villanova and Georgetown, Syracuse, St. John's. Okay, the
1: Big East doesn't also have a football conference, so it could never be a power six Well, I thought conference. we were just talking about basketball. That's kind of my fault, too. Sorry. I mean, yeah, well, miscommunication there. The Big East doesn't exist in football anymore. Uh, and, and this is a basketball conversation, so you're fine for thinking that, but you know, the American would actually have a legitimate grasp on that because uh, they perform well in both sports. Uh, I mean, re- regardless how people feel about the American, uh, and feel about the UCF's 2017 national championship, uh, Cincinnati, Central Florida, a lot of these teams out of that conference, uh, have been playing incredibly great in all of their sports, but nonetheless have, you know, they've stayed relevant too, and that and that's a point. And then you look at like L- Louisville moved out of the American Conference to the ACC, so they're you know they're moving around. And there being uh i think one of the better conferences that could potentially create a power six conference style
2: at one point before yukon decided to go to the big east and i know this because my roommate is a yukon grad um the american was pushing and making a lot of merchandise that said phrases like the power six yeah um to get to get that uh that phrase going and try to get more people to say power six instead of power five I thought that was just kind of funny and ridiculous well,
1: all it takes is perception but it also takes success too uh Cincinnati can't lose to Georgia UCF can't fall off the face of the earth and hire Gus on
2: yeah but it, like that's like an industry standard term is power five that's just like that's just right. an industry standard term you're not just it, gonna
1: change that with some t-shirts right but it like as long as the perception is what the perception is because the Pac-12 is only part of the power five because of history right like they haven't done a damn thing since the since the college football playoff came around, except go to the first one, and and get pounced out of the, the next one. Like they used to be good at basketball, but now they're man at that too. They, all the teams have converged, and they're all in the same level in that conference. And I'm sure basketball might be the same way, but at least in football, they're all so close together that they just beat the hell out of each other, and they all finish eight and four. You know what I mean? Like, like nobody can rise above because of that. And it, it's funny that that's what it takes to create a power conference is to have somebody rise above and dominate the conference. But nonetheless, if you can't get somebody on a national stage to perform well, then nobody's going to think highly of your conference.
2: Well, that tells you something about the Pac-12 because, you know, we, we kind of rip on the Pac-12 down here in the SEC country, but of course. you know what? They got 12 teams that are consistent. Do they still ha- only have twelve teams? They are the Packers. Yeah, the, the other one. 12 okay, teams. but you know they they do that bullcrap sometimes. But um, yeah, they, at least they have twelve teams that are consistent. I can't tell you when Missouri is going to win more than six games.
1: I, mean, that's I, I can't tell too, you right <laughs> I can't. I just can't. Well, it's how how often have we seen a switch like we have with Arkansas in the SEC? Now Arkansas was bad for a long time. Don't get me wrong, uh, but they finally flipped the switch and looked like they have like they may have been able to turn something around and create some success for themselves. But how, how long has it been since we've seen a real switch like that? It's, it's been Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, and Florida at the top of this thing for what seems like the better part of two and a half decades. And, you know, even still like Alabama has been at the, the forefront of that for, for just, just as long as any of it. We got to run to a break cause we went way over, but, uh, We'll come back and wrap up Southern Fried Sports. I'm Jacob Harrison filling in for Travis Ryer, and that's J.R. Moore filling in for me on the other side of the glass. We'll be right back here on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The sky will stay mostly
0: cloudy this afternoon, the high today 64. For tonight and tomorrow, occasionally cloudy and cool. Tonight's low 45, the high tomorrow 60. And on Saturday, a brighter day, the sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 63. I'm James Span on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa
1: What a song! What what a song! What a way to, to wrap everything up. He's been all over the spectrum, ladies and gentlemen. J.R. Moore. Uh, so two things that have happened during the the break. Well, the the first may have happened uh, a little bit earlier than that. But uh, Anthony Schwartz, the Auburn wide receiver, uh, reportedly has run a four two six forty at Auburn's pro day today. Uh, that's probably the most exciting thing that's going to happen over there today. But nonetheless, Anthony Schwartz, uh, the speedster. Getting it done on the clocks. And then the other one for our guy, of Valoa, he gets his new center, Matt Scurra, on a one year deal to the Miami Dolphins, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, one JR Moore, not a fan of Matt Scurra. So that'll do it for today. We didn't get to the draft talk, but nonetheless, uh, we have had fun talking about the NCAA tournament. Uh, plenty more to get into. Uh, tomorrow night on my show, Off the Edge, on Tide 100.9, from seven to nine p.m. And then you can also join me, James Ludeman, and Bryant Horn for the brand new show, Saturday Morning Showdown. Saturdays, every single Saturday morning, from eight to eleven a.m., where we will throw down on all the latest sports topics. Join me tomorrow on the live streams for Off the Edge. Until then, I'm Jacob Harrison, filling in with Travis for Travis Ryer, who will be back tomorrow. To uh, fill in for his usual seat right here on Southern Fried Sports. Have a good afternoon, ladies. Enjoy.